matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, Lord, I'm going to praise you. Yes, I'm going to praise you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you stand in honor of the word of God and the man who brings that word to us. I am happy today to bring to this pulpit Brother Tyler Stevenson. I believe that God has his hand on this church. God has his hand on this man. We're at the right place at the right time. Amen. That's a great feeling to know that you're at the right place at the right time. God, God, God is about to do something going to blow our mind. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord this morning. Father, we worship you. Amen. How many is excited to be in the house of God? There's no better place to be. I feel that God is going to speak direct this morning. I don't know who's guest. I don't know who's been here for 20 years. But I want to welcome everyone to the house of God. And I want to tell you this morning, if you're a guest today, this is where it's at. This is where it's at. Whatever you're looking for, you found it. You don't have to go searching beyond this sanctuary this morning. It's here. It's here. I will ask of you today if you would take time to pray this afternoon for the service this evening. And I will make this request. If you can invite someone, visitor, or someone who claims this as their home church but does not frequent it that often, invite them. I would like to have as many people that call this their church home to be in service this evening. Would you help me this this afternoon? Just help me. Just help me. Amen. The Lord's dealt with me last week, all week long, about the service this morning. When I, when I begin to pray, I always pray that God will let me tap into the spirit of the church. Let me know where the church is at. Let me know what the church is going through. And I, I don't know the history of this church. I don't want to know the history of this church. God hasn't revealed the totality yet. But I felt what some of you have been feeling. I felt the wounded spirit. The questions asked before God, how can God allow this to happen? How can these people who call themselves to be Christians do the things that they have done? I felt it. 
Don't think this morning that God lets things go by. Wrong never gets by. Never. This morning, I, I want to encourage this morning, but I also want to address some things in the Holy Ghost. If it doesn't apply to you, then say, thank you, Jesus, and just preach with me. But if it does apply to you, say, thank you, Jesus, that there's a preacher that came to preach to you this morning. You're going to preach with me this morning? Amen. Book of Matthew, chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. I want to say it, it is a high honor to preach in this sacred pulpit. I appreciate Brother and Sister Hughes, their family, his confidence in me this morning. It is an honor. Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Everyone said, my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. My church. I've come to preach this morning the church that God built. The church that God built. Church that God. He said, I'm going to build my church. No man's going to get the glory for this. It's my church. It's my church. Everyone say it's his church. It's God's church. It's God's church. It's God's church. Father, we come this morning needing the help of the Holy Ghost. God, you know every situation. You know every need. You know every circumstance. You know every question. You know every emotion. Nothing is hidden from your sight this morning, God. But you see a group of people today that desires the power of God to be present in their midst today. I release revelation. I pray for obedience. And I pray for the mind of God. And everyone clap their hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. The church or the kingdom of God is the greatest thing going today. 
I'm not talking about this church at the moment. I'll get to this church. But the church, the body of Christ, those that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, is the greatest thing going today. There's no greater entity on the face of this earth earth, than the blood-bought saints of the living God. The most rewarding act a person can do is surrendering their life to Jesus Christ and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's amazing when you consider the fact that we have nothing but sin and filth to offer. But he gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us joy for heaviness. Friend, when you come to God, all you have is junk. All you have is garbage. All you have is sin and filth and depression and all of the things that weigh you down. But that does not deter God. God says, you bring me all of that junk and I'm going to give you my blood. And I'm going to give you my spirit. And I'm going to fill you. And I'm going to set you on a right path. It's the greatest thing going today. It's the church. It's the kingdom of God. I love the church. If you don't love the church, if you're not absolutely in love with the church, then I stand this morning questioning your experience with God. Because it's impossible To be rescued from hell and not be in love with the one who rescued you. If you're not madly in love with Jesus Christ. If you're not madly in love with this body of believers, the church, people of like precious faith. I question. I question. How can you not be in love with God when he pulled you from the fire of hell? When he pulled you from damnation. When he set you on a sure foundation. How can you not be in love with God? It's the church. Look at your neighbor and say it's God's church. You have to remember that. It's God's church. It's God's church. Regardless of who the pastor is. Regardless of who the musicians are, it's God's church. This microphone is God's microphone. Those instruments over there, those are God's instruments. Those pews you're sitting on, those are God's pews. This building is God's building. Everything you see is God. we're not careful, we'll try to take ownership of this thing. We'll try to take ownership of our position. We'll try to take ownership of our pew. It's not yours, it's God's. How can you try to take ownership of something when you didn't buy it? You didn't die for it. You didn't bleed for it. You didn't start it. It's God's. I heard an illustration one time. You may have heard it. There was two men that worked for the county. 
and they were one day working feverishly along the interstate. One man went and he would dug a hole. The second man went behind him and filled in the hole. And on and on they went. One would dig a hole. The second one would fill in the hole. And there was bystanders that would see them doing this and wondering what in the world are these people doing. Next day, they were on another part of town. One would dig a hole. One would fill in the hole. Back and forth, back and forth. Finally, someone decided, I want to find out what these guys are doing. So he stopped and he asked them, why are you digging a hole and you're filling in a hole? They said, well, normally there's a third guy in between us planting trees, but he's sick this week. They were so stuck on doing their job that they didn't see the whole thing that needed to be done. Therefore, nothing was accomplished. And you know, we'll get in the same mode in church. We'll, this, is I, this is what I do. This is what I do. It's his church. It's his church. It's God's church. And if someone's sick and they're, they're used to doing it this way and this way and this way, that doesn't mean it has to be ignored. Let somebody else step in because it's God's church. And we're going we're gonna to work for the good of the kingdom. And we're going to do this thing as a whole because it's not my job. It's not my church. It's God's church. You know, I've been in churches, if, if, if one person wasn't there that normally breaks out praising, everybody had to stand and just watch. Nobody would praise. They're so used to one person being the one to crank that thing up. And if that one person is out, it throws the whole service off. It's God's church. And if the one person that always cranks it up isn't here, let somebody else crank this thing up. Because it's God's church. It's God's church. Amen. God built the church. The church was built by Jesus, and the church was built on Jesus. Ephesians 2.20 said, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. God built the church on himself and then instituted five-fold ministry whereby the rest of the church can be established. But the foundation was built upon Jesus Christ or upon the revelation of Jesus Christ. God instituted the five-fold ministry, pastors and teachers and prophets, apostles and evangelists. And it takes all five of them to produce the desired product of God's church. And some people don't like the five-fold ministry. Some people just like to be talked to. Preach to me. Make me feel good. But it takes all five. God said, I've got to have five-fold ministry if I want my church to be sure and established properly. Some people don't like it when a man of God or an evangelist comes in and doesn't know anybody from anybody and starts walking down their aisle. And starts telling it like it is. Hear me this morning. I'm not about embarrassing anybody. I'm not about embarrassing anybody. I'd rather tap into the spirit and address the spirit. Because if you don't want to change, it doesn't matter if I come and drag you across this building. You ain't going to change. 
So if I address the spirit, then it's between you and God to get your act together. And the evangelist can come in and address the spirit. And the proper attitude should be, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from a pitfall by sending a man who who can see beyond the trouble. That's how you're supposed to look at it. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You shouldn't be mad. You should be thankful because that's what it's for. God utilizes the fivefold ministry to continue the church, but the church still stands upon Jesus Christ. This is not your church. I say that with love and sincerity, but this is not your church. You may be a member of this church. You may pay tithes and offerings to this church. But this is still God's church. God's church consists of people who are in love with Him and Him alone. It's God's church. It's God's church. I'm taking my time because I'm fixing a dig, but this is God's church. Jesus was talking to the disciples. He said, whom do men say that I am? Well, you know, God, there, there's, there's some that think you're a great prophet, Elias, this and that. He said, okay, I, I want to be a little more direct if I can. Whom, whom do you say that I am? Peter, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. But my Father, which is in heaven, hath revealed it unto thee. And I say also unto thee, Peter, that I will build this church. He said, I'm going to establish this. You may be the rock, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church. But hear me, the church wasn't built upon Peter. Why would God build something on imperfection? He had to build it on that which was perfect and sure, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The rock that Jesus spoke about was the rock of revelation. And when you come to God, the first revelation that you will get of Jesus Christ is of Jesus as a Savior. You will understand his identity and his purpose. That's what happened to Peter. He got a revelation of the identity of Jesus Christ. And when you get the Holy Ghost, he revealed himself the first time as a Savior to you. And you're born of this kingdom as a babe in the Spirit. The Bible says therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Spiritual maturity, the kingdom of God happens as God reveals himself to you each time. It's like from crawling to standing, to walking. We're talking about revelation. The Bible said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. That denotes to me that they will try to prevail. Hell will fight. Hell will try to pull asunder. But God said the gates of hell, 
the very best decisions, the very, the very wisest in hell cannot prevail against the church. Hear me today. I would rather cast out a devil than put up with a human spirit. Because I could cast the devil out. We can take care of that in no time. But a wrong spirit will fight that for 30 years. The spirits are easy to deal with. But it's that old human spirit, that wrong spirit, that human nature, that human nature that we, we can't do anything about that. We can pray. And I've met a many of people that weren't bound by spirits, but they had a bad spirit. They had a bad nature. They were division causers, backbiters, gossipers. There are people all across churches that aren't possessed with bad spirits, but they have rotten spirits. See, the Bible depicts Satan coming in two ways, as a roaring lion or a subtle serpent. And there's people I've seen demon-possessed that just act out. Roaring lion. Everybody knows that they're possessed. We can take care of that. And then there's people who are bound, but it's so deep, very subtle. But then you have to understand that the human nature, the human nature will reflect this as well. There are people that you could peg them as soon as you walk through that door, that they just got a rotten attitude. They got a rotten spirit. That's easy. We could just avoid them. Let them just suffer in their own, let them wallow in their own misery. But then there's those people that have bad spirits, and they're just subtle serpents. They're just so subtle. They look on the outside like everything is going great. On the outside, they look like a Pentecostal, and they just patty Pentecost. They'll just blend in. The old rotten spirit. They're masters of the masquerade. They've got. They've done this so long that they're just used to putting on that facade and. And they're just used to doing what Pentecostals are expected to do, but, but they've got a rotten spirit. They've got a rotten spirit. They're trying to cause division. They're gossiping. Talking about leadership behind their back. So subtle. Subtle serpents. I remind you this morning, this is God's church. This is God's church. You can try to tear it down all you want. God's going to have a church. See, Jacob went in and he tried to disguise himself. They cooked the meat the right way. and He put on the fur or the goat skin on his arms and his hands. And, and he went in there to, to his dad. And, and here's what he said. He said, well, Feels like Esau. Clothes smell like Esau. Food tastes like that deer, that venison that I was expecting. But the voice, that voice, that voice, it's, I know that that's not Esau. I, I know that that voice is not the voice of Esau. That, that voice is Jacob's. Hear me this morning. You may, you may pull the wool over everybody's eyes with what you wear. 
You may, you may try to act the part and do everything the right way and get it all together, but the words of your mouth reveal the motives. What's coming out of that mouth? The mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart. It's going to come out. Hear me, church people, when you're around people, and something they say strikes you the wrong way. Bible says mark them that cause division and avoid them. You may try to pull the wool over everybody's eyes and succeed. But where you will be revealed is what comes out of your mouth. And you let the venom of your spirit spew from your lips into an innocent mind. You are causing division in God's church. This is God's church. And God will be long-suffering. God will send preacher after preacher to try to pull you back in and get your spirit right. But if you don't respond, hear me this morning, and the Holy Ghost judgment will visit your house. Because it's God's church. And God will get rid of those things that are trying to bring down what he is trying to accomplish in a city, in a community, in a town. It's God's church. See, the enemy will use people with influence. Look at Korah, 250 men of prominence. He's not going to use somebody that nobody will listen to. He's not going to use a dud. He's not going to use somebody that just sits in the, on the back pew or, or comes to church and never does anything and has no influence on anybody. He's going to find that person that's got influence over people. And that person is going to be the one that tries to sway people. Look at Job. When Satan went to God, he, he told God, he said, you give me liberty, I'll have, I'll have Job curse you. Read the book of Job. Who was it that told Job to curse God and die? His wife. The thought was planted. Where did it come out? Her mouth. The friends couldn't sway him. So Satan said, I'll get somebody who's got more influence than anybody else in Job's life. And I'm going to get his wife. Hear me, I'm talking to a wife and a husband this morning. And one's trying to support the church and one's trying to divide the church. I'm talking to a husband and a wife that have been battling the spirit and you're deciding whether or not you want to stay or you want to go. You better stay in God's church. See, God had a design for the church. God didn't just start the church with no blueprint. Mark chapter 4, verse 30, and he said, Where and to shall we liken the kingdom of God or the church? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? 
Jesus said, okay, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seed in the earth. It's the underdog, if you please. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the, the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Hear me this morning. This is God's plan for the church and for spiritual converts. First, grow up. Become greater. Shoot out great branches. That's the plan. It's, it's nothing hard. This is what God, this is how God designed it. So let's start from the beginning. Grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, just grow up. I'm not being mean, but there's a lot of people in the church that you just need to grow up. Just grow up. That's, that is key number one. Numero uno, foundation, start right here. You gotta grow up. I've seen people living for God for 10 years and you thought they were new converts. They just never grew up. They just never grew up. Hear me. If you haven't made any progress in two years, something's wrong. You can't blame it on the word. You can't blame it on a preacher. You got to look at yourself and say, maybe I just need to grow up. Maybe I just need to get my feelings off my sleeves and stop getting offended at Sister Sally or stop trying to read too much into this or into that. Maybe I just need to grow up. Just grow up. Grow up. We spend more time pampering saints than we do pursuing the lost. When you get into this thing, yes, we'll have some discipleship class. We'll have some training. But you know what? Just get in that word. Get on your knees and grow up. Just grow up. Stop coming to church holding a shotgun looking for some way for someone to give you ammo. Just come to church to bask in the presence of God and to worship and to have church. Stop leaving, getting mad and getting offended. Just grow up. Everybody smile. I'm not mad. I don't know you. But just grow up. We're going to grow up because you can't become greater until you grow up. And the church can't grow in number until the saints grow up. And the, the plan of God cannot be brought to fruition until we grow up. That's the key right there. God wants you to grow up, become greater. But you can't become greater until you grow up. And, and the church, the core of the church can pull the rest of the church along for so long, but there's going to come a halt. There's going to come a, a point of stagnation because 20% of the people are carrying 80% of the load. It takes the church. It takes everybody, not only you doing your only little job, but seeing what needs to be done, and I'm going to do this as well. And I'm going to worship because this, this one's not worship. So I'm going to work. It's the church. It's the church. When we grow up, then God says, okay, now let's go greater. Let's become greater. Hear me. The physical is always a reflection or indication of what God is wanting to do in the spiritual. 
And I've only been here for a week, but this place has boomed. The town has boomed with growth. Do you think it's the will of God for the church just to stay that size when everything else is exploding? No. God said, look, there's so much room. Let's become greater than we've ever been before. Become greater. Become greater. You can't become greater if you're trying to hold on to your spot. Because there may be five or six people that can just do a wonderful job at playing the guitar. Or playing the bass or playing the drums or, or doing the keyboard or teaching Sunday school. When, when you become greater, God's going to bring in people that can, are willing, are willing to do it and they're faithful. And you have to be willing to say, you know what? It's not my spot. It's God's spot. It's the church. It's the kingdom. It's God's church. It's God's church. He said, when you grow up, and you become greater and you, and you're exploding and, and you're taking care of what I've entrusted you to. He said, then you're going to shoot out great branches. And you're going to, you're going to be one of the top givers to missions and, and you're going to have ministries for this. And what are you doing? You're, you're reaching out. You're shooting out great branches. It's God's church and God's church was designed to reach the masses. God's church was designed to reach. You know, we we can get so close-minded with the kingdom of God and we're just trying to take care of what we got. And God's saying, I want to give you so much more, but you have to see outside of the box. You have to see outside of the box. We can't get so used to just doing things how they've always been done. And I I know this church is on the move and and, and that's that's a sign of great leadership. But hear me. It takes more than great leadership to become greater and to shoot out great branches because you can have the greatest of the great, but if the church has their heels in the sand, you can preach till you're purple and fast till your belly button falls off. It ain't going to happen. But when the church, when the whole body of of believers, when they come together, when, when you grow up, when you get over all your petty differences of what Sister Sue said that you got offended at, and you stop coming to church mad and, and looking at something, a reason to get offended, and you say, you know what? This is God's church. This is God's church. And God wants to take this church to greater heights than ever before. Stand with me this morning if the musicians can come. It's God's church. It's God's church. He said, if, if you'll keep it my church, if you don't try to take ownership of it, and you just leave it my church, there ain't a devil in hell that can defeat my church. I've seen churches built upon great concepts, giveaways, and great preaching, but they took ownership of it, and they thought it was theirs, and the church crumbled. Because God didn't say that the gates of hell couldn't prevail against a man-made church. They'll prevail against a man-made church. But the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of the living God, the blood-bought, the redeemed. David Livingston was a missionary to Africa. One day he got a, he received a letter 
from a pastor here in the States. In that letter, the pastor said, Reverend Livingston, have you found any good roads leading to where you are? If so, I have men that are willing to come and join you. That angered Reverend Livingston. That angered him. He replied back. He said, if you have men who will come, only if there are good roads, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there are no roads at all. Hear me this morning. Where God is wanting to bring this church is uncharted territory. The plan God has for this church, nobody in the building has been there before. God doesn't want a church that's willing to navigate its way over courses that they've been before and just go through repetitive cycles of church. But God wants to know, are there people that will go if there's no roads at all? It's the church. It's God's church. It's God's church. God put a shepherd in this church, gave him vision, said, this is where I wanted you to go. And he could stand and preach all day. This is what God has in store for us. But if you have your heels in the sand and you're not willing to move with what God is wanting to do, God will never let you become greater. God will never let you shoot out great branches. But I'm just confident this morning that there's a bunch of people in this room that says, you know what? I want to be a part of what God's doing in this church. I want to be a part of what God's doing in this community. I invite everyone in the building... If you want to be a part of what God is doing, I invite you to the front this morning. Come with your family. Come, I invite you this morning. Let's show God our commitment to the cause of Christ. Let's show God our commitment this morning. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in this end time. I want to be a part of it. This is God's church.